and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter is here, and uh, winter tires start at just $49.95, only at Big O Tires. They have no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily, Gordon. Uh, seems like we've been pretty basketball heavy today. Mix in a little college football as the Utes. Uh, hopefully, we'll be geared up to take on the Bruins uh, this Saturday, a game that was originally scheduled, we remember, Friday, but now moved on over there to Saturday. Last I checked, all the Pac-12 games are still on for this weekend, right? I mean, yeah, uh, fingers crossed, that, man. That has not been the case uh, around the country, where games are being canceled. Is Ohio State's game canceled? Yep. Did I read that somewhere? Ohio I State, mean, Maryland. That was going to be a good game. You know what's weird about that is that if Ohio State gets another game canceled, then what? Uh, I think the the isn't the rule that you only, you can only have a certain number and then you're not eligible for the Big Ten championship anymore. Yeah, I'm I mean, not sure what those rules are. I thought I read that, and so if that if that is in fact the case with a team like Ohio State, are you kidding me? All right, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, former Ute, of course, our good friend Christian Cox. What's going on, Christian? What's going on, Jake? Hey, Gordon. Howdy. Uh, Christian, we're just talking about Utah. So disappointing last week. Obviously, last time we talked to you, we we thought we'd have a game over the weekend. That did not happen. And now uh, we're on track for UCLA. But what a disappointment last week. Well, how strange, though, right? It's like everyone's thinking, oh, game time. It's going to be Saturday. It's going to be at home. And then all of a sudden, I walked into a phone call where I stuck on a call for an hour, and I walk out, and uh, everyone, I got all these messages that, oh, there's going to be no game Saturday. So it's like no one knew that there was testing issues. So, again, very strange. It just, you know, it sums up where we're at this year. Just a weird year. Chalk it up on the board. Yeah, Christian, uh, at what point does the, the, the diminished season, if for lack of a better term, become less interesting to you? Do you or would you have a breaking point where you just go, oh, man, just bag it? No, I'd say my perspective is slightly different. For me, I I, I felt that way until there's going to be Utah games. I, the BYU games, like, I've kept a close eye. Kalani was my D coordinator, Coach Tuyaki. I was my teammate at Southern Utah and my coach at Utah. Aaron Roderick recruited me, what BYU's been doing. I've I've, I've been paying attention to, but – I'm like the old guy who's like, why don't you play in the afternoon anymore? Because they're playing so late. Um, but for me, I, I want to see some games. I want to see some meaningful, uh, you know, Pac-12 football. I want to see how Utah rebounds after Tyler Huntley leaves and Zach Moss leaves. And it is kind of eerie that it's like, oh, hey, players, this year doesn't count. So you can come back next year, too. So. Again, I want to see ball. I want to see this game on Saturday with UCLA, and that game will stay up till I think it starts at 8:30 on Saturday night. So I will be I will be alive and awake. 
It's not in the afternoons anymore. <laughs> so, so Christian, you can uh, you're you're actually the fir- uh, the perfect person to talk to this week, uh, getting ready for this UCLA game because Coach Witt on Monday said they might be relying on. Uh, walk-ons and and some kind of down the roster type players and you of course famously were a walk-on and played your way onto that you'd roster uh, what would it be like to all of a sudden be like oh man I'm gonna be center stage this weekend no nothing better right like you go through camp and obviously they have a, they had a weird camp this year but you you put in all again for me I it took me two and a half years played six different positions to finalize at playing the end. And I remember going to the big house in 2008 when we were playing Michigan and I made the traveling roster and I was one injury away from playing. So did I prepare every single game? If I'd get a shot, did I know that, you know, backing up Paul Kruger and Coamisi was a long shot to get in. And the way we played, they, they stayed in majority of the game. I played that season, played in a bunch of games, but that's what you play for. And again, as a child, like the Rose Bowl, I don't know what it is. It has weird mystique to it, right? Um, you know, it's the the granddaddy of them all. You grew up watching, you know, SC play in there. You watch Jake Palmer play in there, play against Ohio State. Like, it's really fun. And, yeah, Chip Kelly and UCLA has been down. But as a kid and wanting to play football and it's flipping no- November, I think they're just chomping at the bit. And, again, the walk-on kids – especially if they have some tenure and some time in the program, they'll do just fine. They'll do great. Okay, so I have a couple comments off what you just said, Christian. The first one is I remember that game at Michigan. I went back to cover that game, and my one of my best friend's daughters was a cheerleader for Michigan. And so when I got to the big house, the Michigan cheerleaders were warming up down on the field. So the stadium was empty. And so I went down and sat in the front row and was waiting for them to get done so I could talk to my friend's daughter, who I knew. And so here was this old man sitting down in the stands right in front of the Michigan cheerleaders with nobody else around. And they're warming up on the field, and I'm just watching them. And I think a few of them were looking over at me like, should we call the cops or what should we do? And then my my friend's daughter came over and was talking to me. The other thing, (laughs) I remember the big house for that reason alone. I almost got escorted out. The other thing is, why in the world, why did it take them so long to recognize your great talent? I, it's, I think, two factors. One, you know, when you're a local kid, you know, there's lots of quality walk-ons that went through the program, right? Um, I think Steve Tate at one point was a walk-on when he transferred to Utah State. Braden Godfrey was a walk-on and then earned a scholarship. Uh, Mike Wright was a walk-on, earned scholarship. And you're talking about great players there. Yeah, Kepa Geisen. Earned uh, was a former punter turned linebacker, um, you know, lots of quality guys. And, it, you know, as a local kid, you know, you have a chance to walk on at Utah. And no offense, I turned down a scholarship to, to Southern Utah and snow. There's nothing against those programs. But I, I, wanted, I wanted to play Utah. Like, I played in state championship games and won locally in the state. Uh, Urban Meyer was the head coach at that time, and – you know, I think Utah gets a good pick of quality kids who want to walk on and kind of put time in will eventually earn their playing time, which are scholarship grade kids other places. And there's something there's nothing like playing in front of a, a, a full stadium at Rice Eccles. There's nothing like playing on the road against Michigan at the big house. 
And there's nothing like playing against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, right? Like, those are memories that are forever. And I, I'm so grateful I, I decided to walk on and stick with it. But for me, I'd already seen my friends, like Braden and I went to school at Southern Utah before my mission. Festy Sataki was my teammate. Gary Anderson was my head coach. Kalani was on the staff, and so was A-Rod. So quality people, um, but just it shifted and, and had an opportunity at Utah and had to earn my own way. And, again, because of John Pease, Kyle Whittingham, and Morgan Scally and Jay Hill and lots of other amazing people, they play the players that produce. So when you get your opportunity to produce, you make the most of it, and you're graded on every single play. You're graded in every scrimmage. And there is no difference if you're scholarship or walk-on. It's a little harder, but over time, the best players will play. Christian Cox is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Christian, are you uh, surprised Chip Kelly has, has not been better at UCLA? Yeah, I, yeah aren't you? Like, yeah. I, I'm shocked. Like, I, I, and I think of it this way, right? And, I, again, I'm your Uncle Rico. You guys call me, and I, I do these shows with you because I'm Uncle Rico. Chip Kelly in 2009, we had to go play Oregon on the road. Uh, Terrence Kane was a quarterback. But it was like Chip Kelly's first year, I think, being a head coach or second year. Uh, I'm going to go way back on you. A guy named uh, Jeremiah Masoli was the yeah. quarterback, right? Um, and I think who was the running back? He was a, he was a freshman sub who came in, oh, I'm drawing a blank, but he ended up playing in the NFL. He was really, really good. Uh, they ended up playing, obviously, the national championship. Clay Matthews' brother was on that team. And Again, Chip Kelly's offense, you know, just blew up at Oregon because he had all that speed, and it just didn't translate in the NFL with the Eagles at all. And then at UCLA, I, I, I don't know. I, it, like, they're not good and haven't been good. And, you know, maybe – Oregon was a fluke, I guess. I, I don't know. What would, what's it like playing at the Rose Bowl? I know it'll be different this time around because uh, people won't be there. I, don't, I assume that's the way they're doing it this time. But what's it like actually being on that field and playing there? Yeah, so, you know, I've played at other big stadiums. I, you know, I was the last team in the, in the Mount West, but the Rose Bowl going there and watching games, and I haven't played on it to be honest. Oh, okay. That's but funny. I have played. We have played. I have played UCLA um, when Ben Olson came up in '07, and we whacked them. It was a really neat game. They ranked 14th. Um, but again, I you want to talk about Mystique Gordon, and you lived in LA. I lived in LA briefly. It's it's unique. It's old, but it has the tradition and feel to it, and natural grass big parking lots to walk up to the stadium and the players understand that players understand the tradition. And I think that's what makes college football so fun, right? It's the tradition. It's, it's the, your father and your uncle and all these people have seen the legacies and traditions of these teams, these big teams and Utah gets to go on the road and no one will be in the stands. But again, there's still the, I don't know, the little man complex. Can Utah win on the road against UCLA? Will they? Yes, most likely. But, you know, that's always was a challenge to go play these big teams on the road. And Utah's a big team now, and I think everyone just needs to recognize that and realize that it's, it's not the same team as it was 10 years ago. Uh, it's a different team now. 
Hello, really. <laughs> Christian Cox is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Christian, not to go, uh, not to talk BYU with a, a Utah guy, but you mentioned that you have been watching the Cougs. And, you know, they're, the BYU, this, this team seems to me like it's really good, but given the competition, it's a little tough to measure. Just how good do you think this BYU team is? Well, I, I, I don't know, and I don't think Kalani knows. I think they know they're good. They're, they're dangerous. They're very dangerous, and Kalani has seen some really good teams in his career. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think most happy for Kalani and his staff, and A Rod and Tuiaki and Coach Grimes. And I, I pay close attention. You know, you want to go history. I, I played at Bountiful High. Brady Christensen, who's one of the starting tackles, you know, is is a big player for them. Uh, Bountiful High kid. I, I think I would love to see them smack San Diego State uh, but I'd like to see them in a tough bowl game and really measure how good the team is because if you really pulled a real BYU fan right now and said hey how confident would you feel against Texas A&M right now or another quality opponent BYU fans would they'd say no I, we don't uh, we'd lose we, 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 we couldn't we couldn't beat them um, but that's why you play the game no one thought we would beat Alabama in 08 at all, they were ranked number one all year, and that Julio Jones and Mark Ingram and uh, BYU has some X factors. They have a massive offensive line. Uh, Algier has been surprising. I mean that nicely. And then Wilson is any quarterback's throwing eighty percent and above. I don't care who you're playing against. I don't care about the the other team. He's done it for all of the games he's played. He's played extremely well, and uh, I would love to see them play. Texas A&M, love to see them play Florida, uh, a, a quality SEC team or a quality Big Ten team, and a quality bowl game. I, I, I think I've always said this, and it could be controversial, right? I am uh, annoyed by the 1984 rhetoric national championship thing because that's all any BYU fan goes back to. And I'm like, listen, that's almost 40 years ago. It's like 30 years ago. One of BYU's best team was that Cotton Bowl team in 96 or 97. And uh, I'd like to see where this team stacks up and let's put them in a quality bowl game, one of the New Year's six, and see how they play. If they win out, Christian, do you think that Jake is skeptical because he doesn't trust the powers that be? Do you think BYU will get a chance at that kind of bowl? And uh, do you think that. Uh, that they might be able to find a way to win it like you did against Alabama. Yeah, I, I don't think they get into the playoff, to be clear. I think they get into one of the New Year's Six Bowl games, right, if they're still doing them. Again, I, I'm, I'm not up to date. If, you know, whether it's the Cotton Bowl or Rose Bowl or Fiesta Bowl or however it shakes down, I don't think they'll be a top four. But, again, they'll keep them in. And if they are, I, I, how cool would that be, right? You, you, you couldn't have a better situation to – sneak into a playoff. I, I just think it'd be too too crowded, especially with Clemson's one loss with you know, without Trevor Lawrence playing last weekend, uh, and other teams, but you know, New Year's six, yeah. Like again, I'm most happy for Kalani because if you remember last year, the loss against USF and the loss against Toledo on the road, people were calling for his head. And now this year BYU fans are seem to be pretty happy. They haven't lost yet, and uh, it's looking good that they could finish out these two games. But let's finish out with a big-time bowl game and a big-time win. And 
again, BYU fans, give Travis Wilson, a, I mean, a Zach Wilson a hug uh, because he's not coming back next year. Uh, he's do you, out. Do you, what do you think of Kyrie's Tonga? I, I think he's – for him to come back, I think it's terrific, right? He's, 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 he is a solid, solid player and eats up so many blocks and allows those linebackers to flow over the top. And the defense this year, again, for, for hopefully this isn't too nerdy for people. Last year they did lots of drop eight, right? Tons of drop eight because uh, they just didn't feel like they had the DBs and, and corners to, to match up speed-wise. They've evolved a bit more to an athletic back end, and they've they've done a much better job of, of playing zone coverage and even some man-to-man because they have the athletes on the back end. And that's what's made the difference as well uh, for this defense. Christian, thank you very much as always. We appreciate you. Hey, it's good to talk to you, Jake. See you, Gordon. See you. See you, buddy. That's our good friend Christian Cox, the former Ute. And, uh, yeah, Christian's journey was interesting, you know, walk on and playing himself all, all the way up to non-conference and then a couple of years – or all-conference, excuse me, and a couple of years in the in the NFL. But uh, if you're a walk-on and you're going to get some PT in this UCLA game, uh, I, I'm with Christian. I bet you're pretty fired up. <laughs> it's it, When he listed off those, those players who were former walk-ons – I think it was where every one of them was a really, really good player. Uh, I think it's kind of cool that they get an opportunity beyond just the weirdness of what's going on right now, that at Utah, that those coaches are paying attention to you, whether you're on scholarship or not. Yeah. Uh, Bronco used to also be big into, uh, you know, famously promoting uh, walk-ons. And I don't think you need to favor a walk-on, but, man, the fact that there's an opportunity there and coaches pay attention, I bet those players love that. And you throw them a little bone here and there, and they're going to bust their humps to do everything they can to play well for you. Yep, there's there's no doubt about it. So big thanks to uh, Christian for jumping on with us. Uh, Appreciate it. And hopefully we do have a game we're watching uh, in the middle of the night on Saturday into Sunday. Yeah. You you old codgers just complaining. <laughs> We've got football. They can play at 3 in the morning. We should celebrate it. And, and I, I agree with that. I, I agree with I that don't. sentiment. I, I just <laughs> I, I don't like it's watching football. It's not in the afternoons anymore. I don't want to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning. Fine, drink your football. prune juice, have a warm glass of milk, watch the 6 o'clock news and turn in, you old Man. old people. Austin, I'm, a, I'm you afraid of, all... of what prune juice might do. I mean, that, that's going to clean out the plumbing in a hurry, I have a feeling. Of course, uh, Austin, you, you, I agree with you when it comes to Gordon. But you, of all people, should identify with why I'm being selfish here. My three-year-old doesn't care that the game started at 8.30. She doesn't go, you know what? I'm going to sleep a little bit. I'm going to sleep in a little today. Dad had a late night last night. That yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, That's they don't care. Thing. Yeah. No, that's a good point. My, my child's up at that time most mornings anyway, so that's why I, I, I might as well be watching football. So. I hear you. <laughs> That's usually her mid. That's when she wakes up from her nighttime nap instead of sleeping. (laughs) When was the last time you got a full night's sleep? Uh, Let's see. She's two. uh, So three years ago. (laughs) A lot of of our listeners can relate to that on one level or another. All right. Sorry. You, You go ahead. Go back to complaining. It's the middle of the night. Nobody likes it. But but Austin is right. Uh, we're we're going to watch some football. Utah has uh, Gordon. It's what's today's date? November what? 
11th. And Utah has not played a football game. Nope. That's weird, isn't it? Because usually we're wrapping up the season around about now. Well, or we're talking or about the uh, the impending collapse. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, that the thing little... about having to get up early like that to, 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 to when your when your child is young like that, plus changing the diapers and stuff, you know, that's a all right. Dad, St- so stop we all... there. We, we don't need this from you, sir. Yeah. No, we, no, no. We no, all, we you, all, we I know what that. a diaper, how it works. I've touched them. <laughs> right. And changed more than uh, than five. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is untrue. This is this is blatantly oh, we untrue. got it from a yeah. we got it from a good source. Oh yeah, but pal. she was kidding. And I'm telling uh, you right now, I handled some nuclear waste. I'm telling you. I don't you believe you. If by handled some nuclear waste you mean handed the baby to Lisa, then yeah, I'll, I'll believe that. Get this thing changed. <laughs> not true. <laughs> then, yeah, I've got to write a column. <laughs> not true. Not true. Very. You. Then she was so specific. She said Got he's John Wooden on the line. Five. Change the stinky five. thing. My diapers. <laughs> I've played polo with Juice Newton. I, who am I to change diapers? My source even not had true. a specific number. Five. Oh, she was kidding. Come on. It was not she very was... few. It was not any of that. She was probably was being five. generous, too. <laughs> No, this I'm sure so Dawson. Unfair. I'm sure she can she can tell you the time and date of each time it yeah. happened. Yeah, I it think... was such a wait. What you're going to do? <laughs> what uh, I better write this in my journal. I think she was I being do... generous by about five hundred percent. In fact, I I do remember one time I was changed in the midst of uh, watching the kids and, and and changing a diaper and and I was waiting for a call that I was doing. Uh, writing about and and I did I did these words actually did cross my lips. I said, "Honey, you better handle this." Uh, Rodney Pete's on the on the phone for me. No. So. Okay. God, I thought I was just being a doing a caricature. No, it was a real story. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a real thing. It's one of those. All right, we're live from the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. We're going to talk to Bob Casper coming up next. But first, of course, Tom jumping on with us once again, blowing it out today. Tom doing some good for the veterans too. Veterans deal, and we haven't talked today about a king. All right. Adjustable bed. So I have five left. If you remember, we had like 22. I have five left. Wow. This is that uh, Bluetooth solid king bed. Uh, the base is $2,300 on Amazon. The mattress that we're doing is a $2,200 bed. So that's forty, $4,500, $4,600 package. We're going to do five only because that's all we have incredible nice hybrid sweet literally a 2200 hour mattress yeah. with the base that's 2300 dollars. i'm gonna do the whole package for 1500 bucks wow and if you are a veteran current duty active duty or a retired serviceman will deliver for the next five days for free and set up incredible deal now we have had a real difficulty in this industry getting bases i have 16 bases that came this week so i can do a split king deal okay at the old split king deal price i've got a split king deal with a gel infused memory foam or a gel infused hybrid the whole setup two bases two mattresses not six thousand, not fifty six hundred bucks, not seven thousand uh-huh. bucks, 
not even half of that. I'm going to do it for 19.99. Oh, you're not finding that anywhere else on no, the planet. You won't. You, the bases will cost you more than that. The mattresses will cost you double. Amazing. That. Come and see us. Uh, remember, if you're a veteran, we're going to give you 25% off everything in the store, whatever the boom price is, 25% off. And then these specials, if you buy an adjustable bed, I'll deliver it for free. Oh, man, jump on it. Uh, it's the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, 86 East University Parkway down there in Orem. Thanks, Tom. You're the man. Uh, we're going to talk to Bob coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. I'm having issues today. It's time for a Uinta Golf Masters update with our friend Brian Taylor. It's brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. Of course, you hear him every Saturday morning on Real Golf Radio. He's our friend Brian Taylor. What's up, BT? Hey, good to be back with you guys. Hey, great to have you on. Uh, catch us up on on the weather uh, forecast for uh, coming up the or for the tournament. Uh, I hear it's not looking so great. Yeah, we're wondering about tomorrow morning if it's going to actually go off. Uh, it is, you know, expected to be thunderstorms and 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 heavy rain. So not not ideal for getting the Masters kicked off. And we already have you know limited daylight, so there's not a whole lot of room for a bunch of uh, weather delays so uh, we'll see how it goes but for now um, you know stay tuned there hasn't been an official announcement yet as to uh, what might happen tomorrow morning and they wouldn't do that at this point in time they'll wait and see how things look you know first thing in the morning so it's going to be it's supposed to be pretty much rainy though uh, nearly every day uh, the rest of the weekend so is that going to help a guy like DeChambeau who's going to go out and hit those big bombs and uh, and sort of accentuate that even more, considering that uh, others won't be able to stay with him? Just take it off the lightning and uh, just you know just just hit one off the lightning onto the green, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, and if, he, it, if he does that, if he does that, BT, I wonder how Augusta will react if he if he makes a mockery of their golf course. You know, that's going to be a story to watch, actually. You know, I listened to Fred Ridley, the chairman, um, former USGA, former U.S. Amateur, uh, and uh, listened to his discussion, and distance was a, was a big part of it. And, you know, they are committed to making sure that Augusta National stays relevant. But, yeah, I mean, if he – I mean, honestly, let's look at it. If he drives it the same way he did on a much more forgiving, drivable golf course than Wingfoot, it's he – should, he should win going away. Uh, I mean, he absolutely obliterated Wingfoot with some massive rough, and Augusta doesn't have quote-unquote rough. So um, big wide fairways, big golf course, and a big big guy in Bryson, you know, could be quite the, the combination there. But, you know, I, I, I was just looking at Bryson's stats. He's played three Masters. He shot 66 to tie for the lead with uh, Brooks Kepka last year in the opening round. And that's the only time. In 12 rounds, he's even broke 70 at Augusta. So I kind of took pause at that, and I said, you know, for a guy that's coming in here saying that his par is 68, and he's only posted one round in the 60s in three Masters, maybe maybe coming in a little bit little bit hot there. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Let's see if he can improve on that. I mean, start by shooting two rounds in the 60s, and then let's talk about, uh, you know, overpowering and, and uh, embarrassing Augusta National. 
All right, BT, uh, for the champion's dinner, Tiger, uh, for an appetizer, had the Augusta roll, which is some sushi. Uh, for the main course, prime steak and chicken fajitas. And then uh, for dessert, he's going to flan, churros, and chocolate sauce. Uh, churros with chocolate sauce and sopapillas. First uh, question, your your critique of Tiger's choice. Second, who's in your memory had the most unique champion's dinner choice? Oh, man. Uh, I think everyone's going to answer unique as, uh, you know, Sandy Lyle. When he won, he served haggis. So that's got to be that's got to be the most unique. <laughs> Have you ever had haggis? No, no, I have not. Uh, I had it one time with a whole lot of Bernays sauce, and it still was nasty. So, um, but yeah, uh, so the, the Scottish haggis, not 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 awesome. Uh, I, you know, look, Tiger went with a little, you know, sort of combo of Mexican and Japanese, and and just like his first one, he had milkshakes for dessert on the, on there as well. Though I don't think it showed up on the official, um, you know, menu, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's look. That I'll tell you what. That Augusta roll looks fantastic. Uh, a little eel sauce on there. You ever put a little eel sauce on your sushi? It's basically like putting syrup. It's sugar. It's, it's really good. But anyway, it looks looks fantastic. So I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty good choice. Is the food uh, there as good as the golf? Oh yeah. I mean, you, when you're eating at the clubhouse, and here's the thing: is the guys can bring in their own private chefs if they want, or they have, you know, obviously the the nationals. Uh, chef there and the Augusta National Chef. So uh, they also have, I'm, I'm not a wine guy, but I understand their wine cellar is uh, quite uh, quite uh, exclusive. And then you have the opportunity to choose from, from the collection there also. So, But, uh, yeah, it's uh, look, you're, you're not going to go wrong. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures, but, you know, gold-plated china and, you know, the whole nine yards, they, they, they do it upright for that one. Have you ever been to the Butler Cabin? You know, I've never actually been inside the butler cabin. I've, I've always walked around it, but uh, I've never been inside of it. Mm. Does that disappoint you? Sorry, man, if I let you down. No, I, I, hate to leave I just you. wondered what it's like. <laughs> Is it a, I mean, what's it look like? It, you know, there's a bunch of cabins out there, and the members actually, when they come and bring guests, they can stay in those cabins. When they, you know, non-master's week, they come and stay and play golf and and the butler cabin is is one of them that you can stay in. There's the Eisenhower cabin that's right there as well, obviously named after President Eisenhower. And you know, all down, going down that tenth uh, that tenth fairway, you got these these awesome cabins. And I just I can't. I'm sure there's people maybe that are listening that have had a chance to go out with a member and stay at the cabins. That would be kind of next level experience. But um, that that sounds pretty amazing. So BT, give us uh, two or three of your favorites this week. Yeah, you know, just been doing some homework on some guys. I, I, I really like uh, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele. Um I think I think those three guys are are you know just. I mean, Justin Thomas is probably the best iron player on tour. Just a great ball striker, and has been playing really well. Three wins in 2020, eight top fives. He's already won a major uh, championship, and. You know, for a young guy, has 13 wins already on tour. So uh, I love I love JT. Xander's just a gamer. And if you look at his trend, he went from 50th to second um, in two master starts. So obviously a great trend. And um, he's uh, this year on tour has had three runner-up finishes, seven top tens. And Dustin Johnson's number one player in the world. He's playing his 10th Masters. He tied for second last year. You know, in his last four starts, he's gone 6-4-10-2. Uh, so really, really good for DJ. He did have some limited reps for being two, uh, two weeks off with COVID, 
but then comes back in his first event and was runner-up last week. So he has all the tools in the bag. He's uh, second in strokes gain total. He'll be just, just a solid player. You feel like DJ's got all everything capable to, to go out there and win. And then Tony Finau. i got to throw a little shout-out to my man Tony. Uh, this was an interesting stat. As I was looking at his two Masters, we know he went tied for 10th the first time around on a bum ankle and then tied for 5th last year playing in the final group with Tiger. Quite, quite an awesome opportunity for him. But, you know, when, when you look at his putting, that's the thing that everybody you know, talks about and looks to that Tony needs to improve in order to win these major championships. 111 and 112 putts respectively uh, in, his last two, in his two Masters. That's 3rd and 5th in the field. So he actually has putted beautifully there at Augusta National. The only thing that got him last year was, uh, you know, rinsing one into Ray's Creek on Sunday on the, on the 12th tee shot. So uh, I do like Tony Finau's chances. He loves this golf course. It's a really good one for him. I mean, there are, there are a lot of guys certainly that have the opportunity, but I think those are four that you could really look at. Speaking of putting, DT, you've putted on those greens. What are they like? And obviously, if they're soaking wet, they're going to slow down a little bit. But what are they like normally? Yeah, you know, they won't slow down too much, though. They'll be a little softer and a little more receptive. But they have that sub-air system underneath them. So it's just like a vacuum that sucks all the moisture out of the green so that they can, despite the weather, they can keep those surfaces just about exactly how they want them. Uh, it's quite an investment into that into that golf course. They have the sub-air in the low-lying areas as well in the fairways where they can, you know, get that water drained out of there and, and keep everything as, as playable as possible. But um, the, the greens are amazing to play. They really, they're, they're, they're difficult. Um, the hardest thing, I, I've been, <laughs> I've been around there and I've seen amateurs, um, you know, putt the ball off the green. I, I saw a guy putt it on 13. He putted it from above the hole and it went right off the green into the, into Ray's Creek. And I remember the guys were all chuckling and kind of giving him a bad time. And so I had that in the back of my mind when I had a chance to play. And I was so afraid to be that guy that putted it off the green. It was hard to get it to the hole. Um, it, you know, the uphill putts, you got to hit them. You know, it doesn't matter how fast they are. You still have to hit them. There's a lot of slope on them. And if it's uphill, the very first putt I hit on the first green, I was on in regulation and I had about a 40-footer for birdie. And I was really excited. And I had about a 30-footer to 25-footer for par. I couldn't, I couldn't hit it hard enough. I was so afraid to hit the ball. But uh, they're, 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 the speed is one thing. But the thing that I love about Augusta is you'll see guys standing with their backs to the hole, putting in opposite direction. And the touch that they have to be able to hit it just to the right spot to have the ball crest and then turn and, and go back down to the hole, you know, sometimes a 90-degree angle is, is pretty amazing. Uh, these guys are, are fantastic artists and wizards at, at figuring out how to roll the ball around these difficult surfaces. It's, it's super cool to watch. Probably my favorite thing about Augusta is just watching these guys uh, figure out how to make putts on these greens. BT, thank you very much, as always, and look forward to catching up with you uh, throughout the week. Bringing some food for you boys tomorrow, so we'll look oh, forward to seeing right. you. Very nice. Thanks, BT. You got it. Ryan Taylor, our friend from Rio Golf Radio. Did you see that Bryson DeChambeau is carrying balls uh, 368 yards on the range there at Augusta? Yeah, amazing. Sheesh. Hit the ball a long uh, way, no doubt. Well, it'll be interesting (laughs) to see how he does. He's getting all the, the spotlight, that's for sure. All right, we're live here at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come see us. We've got the Knot Sports Report next. David Locke, top of the 5 o'clock hour. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corn cob. <laughs> Christmas, Willie Nelson, Austin, really? Frosty the uh, snowman's not a Christmas song. It is, too. He's a snow of. song. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? You know, first of all, this whole Frosty the Snowman tune is making me sad because, you know, at the end uh, of, uh, of the Frosty the Snowman book, uh, he melts. And then, you Spoiler know, you have, to wait, you have to wait until the next winter before he comes back. And always oh, kind of made me a little melancholy, a little sad as a kid. That's very uplifting, Gordon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to outer space, guys. Sorry. I, I, I already paid my debt in my incriminating audio when you guys tricked me into uh, the uh, alien thing. Which one but, led uh, to that? Was that the Beatles? I can't remember. Which incriminating uh, audio came of that one? I'm not sure. I, I've done so many of them, I've lost track. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Probably, that's it. Painful. All right, here's the news from the New York Times, all right? There are at least 100 billion stars in the Milky Way. That's a NASA estimate, of which about 4 billion are like the sun. If only 7% of those stars have habitable planets, there could be as many as 300 million potentially habitable Earths in our galaxy. That's a mind blower. That, my friends, is a mind blower. And that data was gathered by the Kepler Space Telescope I I tell you, there's something out there. There's something out there, guys. I doubt it. And you, <laughs> and the only problem is that if we discover them, then we'll probably be superior to them in intellect. But if they discover us first, then advantage them. So I'm not sure how eager I am to have a, you know to have an alien show up. Here. I am not an alien. <laughs> well, Gordon, you does go this ahead interest and... you? Does this interest you at all? No. They're saying that this is a conservative estimate. Okay. Good times. You wake well, me up well, when they get here. Well, why do you dismiss this? Uh, is that not? Would that not be uh, the biggest story of your lifetime? Uh, considering that it's not going to happen, I don't know. 300 million potentially habitable Earths in our galaxy alone. 
300 million. That's more people than there are living in America. 300 million planets that are habitable. Well, speaking of that, what was that 90s movie with Sigourney Weaver? What was that? I think it, it involved some sort of, I don't know, is it? Oh, Alien? Yes! <laughs> I win! That was, <laughs> I did win. That was dirty. That was just nothing That was not dirty. dirty. We, thought, yes, we thought you would catch on because we were making it so unbelievably obvious. No, and no. You didn't no, catch because, on. No, because that was using the word alien in a different context. That was about a movie. <laughs> that wasn't about me talking about it. You, what? You, you, you can't you, say you, a word and say I didn't talk about it. <laughs> Butterfingers. I've never talked about Butterfingers. <laughs> 300 million habitable planets out there, fellas. Three hundred million. Okay. What about this? Even if there's just like a hundred, not three hundred million, a hundred. Uh, you promised me I could get to a story. You could repeat those stats over and over again if you want. <laughs> but can I get to this story? I'm sure it's not as profound as this one, but please do. Oh, I don't care how profound it is. So this actually happened in Utah. And I, I heard this story on the, the radio version, which I, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, but uh, a, a, a man was pulled over and arrested. Well, actually, they threw spikes under his tires because he was running from the cops at 130 miles an hour in the snow. Oh, that's and a no-no. Th- they threw the, the spikes under, uh, under this guy's tires. And as I'm listening to this, the, the radio version of the story where they're reporting it, uh, they, they went with this first, that he stated that he was on his way to Missouri to kill former U.S. Senator Claire McCaskill. What? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, why would somebody – I mean, that, that is pretty crazy. And, and the radio story, of course, says, you know, the, the, they're looking into whether the credit is threatable and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, of course they look into it. I wonder why this, this man is doing it. And then they get to the meat of the story, Gordon, where uh, when they pulled him over, there was an empty 12-pack of Budweiser beer in his vehicle as well as a partially consumed other 12-pack. And the man stated that he was on Adderall and LSD. So uh-huh. I, I have a feeling that the Secret Service is going to get to the bottom of this one pretty quickly. <laughs> in, in other words, in other, in other cocaine words, isn't cheap. In other words, well, this man was was acting that way because he was drunk on LSD and Adderall, <laughs> and he had no such plans. Here's a here's a public service announcement uh, to everybody out there: Do not mix alcohol, LSD, and Adderall. Uh, that seems like a really dangerous combination to me. It's going to make you say things that you're going to do things that might get you in trouble. It's going to make you drive 130 miles an hour down a canyon on your way to shoot a former U.S. senator. <laughs> oh, man. That's I'm going to kill Matt Schaub. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> How about just don't drink and drive? Uh, uh, Yes. Great. That's a great mess. That's a great start right there. Can you imagine the Secret Service guy, Tom, that gets assigned this case like, hey, let's go see if this uh, let's go see if this threat is, is credible. And the Secret Service guy opens the jacket and goes, I ah, got your answer right here. LSD, Adderall and beer. Yeah, I think we're good. Close hey, it on it up. Opens it up. It was probably a cloud of CBD. I don't know, hey, Tom. Yes. I, I want to test Tom's level of intelligence here and uh, his entertainment uh, quotient. 
I read this story earlier, and these guys just, I got nothing but dead silence. This is out of the New York Times. There are at least 100 billion stars in the Milky Way, according to NASA, of which 4 billion are like the sun. So if only 7% of those stars have habitable planets, there could be as many as 300 million habitable Earths in our galaxy. What doesn't that doesn't that uh, trigger your imagination a little bit? Well, I, I saw the story. I read the story in two different publications. And my thought was they also used to say smoke tobacco because it's really good for asthma. <laughs> there you go. So That's I'm, I'm going to wait, wait till minute, we wait have a, a little bit better. Thank information. you. Thank Hold you. Hold on, Tom. Yeah. Think about how much furniture you could sell. <laughs> well, We've got to figure out how to deliver it because Clayton's not going to deliver that to a veteran of the Space Force for free. Right. In space. Not going to happen. That's going to be tough. Oh, man. All right. You guys have put me in my place. No, I'm I'm not trying to put you in your place. I'm just saying I'm going to wait till there's a little bit better data to figure that out. Do I think there's life other than here? Probably. Well, Gordon could read you the stat again. I know. I I read the article. <laughs> I'm glad two of us are, you know, uh, literate. What do you think, Tom? Let's let's some stats on some prices. How about that? Let's <laughs> let's let's move some furniture. I, I'm, I'm still going back to the Wilt Chamberlain stat. I just read <laughs> on Google that his wingspan was seven foot eight, but his biggest bench press was five hundred and fifty five pounds. Wow. And then you heard me say, at 59 years old, on ABC Wide World of Sports, he bench pressed 465. I could do that. I, 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 you could do more than that because you're Easily. Jake uh-huh. yeah. the Great. One hand. Curls. You know, the thing that's so impressive. What's so impressive about that, Tom, is that uh, Wilt's arms were so long that in order for him to do that, it took even extra strength. You know? Yeah, he had to extend it like twice as far as me. Mm-hmm. I have strong man, but my wingspan is not seven foot eight. He's ahead of his time. We had, you know, I get those insurance deals. Right. So we got, and you remember down at the old store, uh-huh. we had a deal where we were doing all bedding 50% off because I got like four watermelon tubs full of bedding and sheets and stuff. And one of those tubs was a 95-pound dumbbell. Wow. So we did a contest. Anybody who could lift it, two uh-huh. shoulder presses, I'd give it to them. Okay. So it just happened to be Hans and Scotty were there. Uh-huh. And Hans says, okay. Hans picked it up like eight times. Right. 95-pound dumbbell. Because Hans is a monster, yeah. I said, Hans, you can have it. And he said, I don't need it. I've got it. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He's an Olsen, man. Those guys. How about, how about Scotty? Scotty, uh, I don't think Scotty tried it. But, gosh, I know oh. Scotty. He probably could do two more than Hans. <laughs> Easily. No two problem reps, at all. Two more two more pounds, no problem. <laughs> well, uh, tell us about the deals, Tom. we got some Veterans Day stuff we've, we've going got on. To, we've got to talk about the King Adjustable Beds. We've only done it once today, and it's really the best deal in town. Um, I've, the base from the manufacturer, come in. I'll show it to you on Amazon. Twenty two ninety nine. I just looked it up again. Had a customer ask about it on the phone, so I send them a link, and they looked it up, and they 
now believe. Uh-huh. Seeing is believing. I'm going to do the base Bluetooth module. You can do it with your Siri, with your Google Home, with your iPhone. Right. Remember at first I didn't even know what the heck yeah. I was talking about. <laughs> Jake had to help me there. And a gel-infused hybrid mattress. It's a $2,500 mattress. The entire package, 1500 bucks. Wow. Then if you want a split king, because everybody's different, you might want to have a different, I have to word this very carefully, you might want to be raised a little higher than your significant other. Sure. I was going to say a different position, but that would be really Not bad because Gordon yeah. would take that somewhere it shouldn't go. Uh, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, actually, I did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do the split king, the entire set. Not six thousand, not sixty five hundred bucks, not even half of that. We're going to do it for nine ninety nine. Wow! And then remember, five days only. If you are a veteran, if active service, or you are retired military, we will let you have free delivery and set up on any adjustable bed for the next five days. Boom! Double boom! Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West, eighty six East University Parkway, down in Orem. David Locke joins the show next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.